prevailing unto glory, prevailing unto glory. The Bible tells us that this is God's will for us. God wants us to have glory. Glory is really rescue from shame and reproach. Rescue from shame and reproach forever in your life so you don't have to suffer shame or disgrace or reproach. That's what Jesus came uh, to do for us. If you read in um, John chapter 17, Jesus was praying. Think about this. He was praying. He says, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world was. So glory is so important to the Lord. Jesus prayed that prayer. He said, I have glorified your name on the earth. Now glorify me. Glorify me together with you. With the glory I had with you before the world was. That's before the world was created. So God's glory on the man brings rescue totally from shame and disgrace. Reproach. That's so important. Uh, Father, just help us tonight. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Help us to press in into your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. John 17 verse 22 the Bible says and the glory which you gave me I have given to them the glory which you gave me I have given to them basically the glory that was upon Christ Jesus when he was here on this earth Jesus has given to you Can you imagine where you're standing today if you really understand and believe it that that same glory that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ is now resting upon your life? It will make a difference. The way you see yourself, it will make a difference. The places that you allow yourself to go, the things you allow yourself to do, because you carry now His glory. And that's what Jesus said. The glory which you gave to me. Now remember, he is praying to the Father. The uh, theologian says this is the uh, high priestly prayer. Before he went to the cross, he was emptying himself and giving it to his church. He says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for those that you have given to me. Only for them, that you keep them in your name. He says, "I, I kept them in your name while I was in the world. Now I'm living. I want you to keep them. And then he said... The glory that you've given to me, I have given to them now. So you now are carrying on you that same glory. And that glory should deliver us from every shame or disgrace in this present life. Now the enemy wants to do that. He wants you to suffer shame. He wants you to suffer disgrace. He wants you to suffer reproach. But Jesus has already given us what it takes not to allow that to be in our lives. My people perish for lack of knowledge. I'm always searching for scriptures that will help me deliver myself from any of this, which maybe I've allowed before. If he has given the glories there, all we need to do is press it now. That's what Jesus said in Luke 16 verse 16. He says, the law and the prophets were until John, 
since that time the kingdom of God has been preached. So since the time the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. It's through the preaching of the kingdom of God that brings the glory into your life. Since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is being preached. Just as we are preaching about the glory of God tonight, prevailing unto glory, prevailing with God until you now carry the glory of God upon your life and it's evident. Not you saying I have the glory, but it is evident to the demonic forces, to the demonic world, to those that are around you, that there is something different about your life. Because of Jesus and because of what he's done. From the time of John the Baptist, since that time, he says, the kingdom of God has been preached. It's being preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Now, if you don't press into it, you'll get crushed. You have to press. Everyone, that's your responsibility to press. Since that time, everyone is pressing pressing into this glory it's not just there the word has been given the promise is already there but you have to press into the glory you can't just sit sit there and expect it to come you must press into the glory the glory comes with the power of God in your life that's why Paul was saying the words that the preaching of my gospel was not just words wisdom of men they are with power because he carried the glory and he wanted so much more of that glory he said I want to know him the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his suffering he wanted to know him so that should be the desire of every Christian I'm tired of Christians that you have to prop along please let's go to God let's serve God please you don't really understand this whole thing. This is real life. And the life with God affects your life here on earth. It beautifies your life here on earth, if you understand. It will make your life very different. As I study and as I go in, as I press in, I'm beginning to see there is glory. God is revealing. God is doing things. You don't have to struggle. They, they come to you. We must prevail with God unto glory. You have to prevail with God. You can't just sit. You must press in. Press in into that glory. It's already given. Just like healing, it's already given. Salvation, is already given. The ability to be without want is already given. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Simple. He's given. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given. But since that time, the kingdom of God is being preached, and those that are hearing are pressing into it. If you don't press into it, it will, you will never realize it. He'll never be a part of your life. There's got to be a hunger inside you that's driving you. There's got to be that serious hunger inside of your heart. I am not satisfied. I need more of his glory. I need more of his power. I need more of his manifestation. I'm not going to sit at the side watching others perform. 
and letting God use them and doing things and God doing unusual things and I sit and watch them and clap and rejoice. I want to be part of the action. There's got to be something driving me towards God. I need you, God. How could you do this with this brother? And your word says you are a respecter of no one and here, I, here am I. What is wrong with me? I, I, I've got to find out. But when, when that kind of thirst comes into your life, uh, you will be satisfied. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. So we got to press on. You know the life of Jacob, a man that was anointed, if you will have it, his father prayed over him, you remember? Gave him all the blessings of Abraham. And said, may the blessings of Abraham be upon you. And yet, for over 20 years, he walked and saw nothing. God even appeared to him on his way to Lebanon. The ladder. Remember? We talked about the ladder. You think everything will be well. But it wasn't. God appeared to him and gave him this revelation and he became wealthy. But still, still, everything was not fine in his life. He had to wrestle with God for a name change unto glory. That was when Jacob finally realized peace and contentment. Wealth, honor, glory, only after he wrestled with God and prevailed did he get glory. He pressed him. That's what every believer should hunger after. Tired of pushing people along. This thing is much more than that. It's much more than just going to church. It's much more than this little thing that's offended me, so I'm not going to church anymore. I'm going to go to another church, and you move from there to another church and another church. It's much more than that. You find a place where you can be planted. And then you decide, yes, this is my place. And I'm going to just blossom in this place. Let God move through my life. That's what it's all about. The Bible tells us when, when God appeared, Jacob, you know, sometimes when the hunger comes and you've been pressed and difficulties come, and don't start looking for earthly solutions and calling and getting connections and all of that. Those things will come only after you have been with God and prevailed. Then the glory will come, appear. So Jacob separated himself. And God appeared. And he wrestled with God. you remember? And in the morning, uh, God said, let go. I got to go back. He says, I'm not going to let you go. Desperation. This, this, sometimes it's your only opportunity. It's right there. Psalm, uh, Genesis 32 verse 26 to 28 it says and he said let me go the Lord was saying let me go for the day breaks but he said I will not let you go unless you bless me I need that blessing I am not going to let you go I mean at this time the Lord had already touched his tie but he was still hanging on he was desperate this is it 
I'm not going to let you go. There's got to be a change today. There's got to be glory on my life. I've suffered shame enough. I've suffered disappointments enough. I have been cheated enough. I am not, I have the wealth, but I'm still not at peace. I need you, God. Today you will bless me. He was already blessed, but this was a different time. I need your blessing. I need a change. So the Lord said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer. It's simple blessing. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob. But Israel, that means prince with God. Israel, prince with God. And that's what you became when you accepted Christ into your life. Prince with God. He says, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Struggle, that word is, you prevailed with God. And because you prevailed with God, you will automatically prevail with men. There was no man there to fight with uh, Jacob. Right? He was just wrestling with God. But when you prevail with God, you've already prevailed with men. So we don't look to men to prevail. You look to God to prevail. You wrestle with God. You press in with God. And when God justifies you, there is nobody in this world, there is no demon that has been born that is going to stand in your way. They know to get out of your way because God has endorsed you. The Spirit of God is on your life. They recognize you when they see you. Have you come to destroy us before the time? They recognize you. Even before you speak, they know here comes trouble. But we need to press in. We need to have that deep hunger. You should be worried if you don't have any hunger for God. Something is wrong. Only sick babies don't desire food. Yes. So if you don't desire and you don't have any hunger for God, no desire to press in, no desire to spend time with God and prevail even though you have troubles all over your life and you know it, then there is something wrong. You're sick. But you can be healed if you go back to God. First thing is, God, heal my heart. Heal my heart. How come I don't feel anything? How come I don't have any desire? How come I don't even, I'm not even bothered that I, I haven't spent time with you in weeks? What's wrong with me? I'm still a believer. I go, still go to church on Sunday. What's happening with me? God wants to make princes out of us, every one of us, and princesses. That's his desire. That's why the Bible says God has made us kings and priests unto our God. And he becomes the king of kings. You being the kings. We must prevail with God. You know the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, for, for most of us, this is the way we think. I'm the son of God and I've been anointed with the Holy Ghost. I don't need to pray. I came down from heaven. Why should I pray? 
why should I even fast? You understand? Think about that's the way I think. I think you guys are really spiritual, right? <laughs> Too spiritual. But you know, if I want to reason through that, I think I came from heaven, I'm sinless, right? Filled with God, fullness of the Holy Ghost. Why should I pray? Why should I even think about fasting? I just show up and say, My name is Jesus Christ, and all of you repent right now. <laughs> right? But that's not what he did. After his baptism, do you remember? He went into the wilderness, driven of the Holy Spirit, and spent 40 days with the Lord to prevail. A sinless man. You know, I've said it over and over here, that Jesus referred to himself more as the Son of Man, meaning I'm a man, than the Son of God. Read the scriptures. When he says son of man, he's saying I'm a man, just, just like you. When he says son of God, they, the Jews understand, you're saying you are God. And who told you? They knew. But most of the time, he referred to himself as the son of God. Unless there is a revelation to be given to an individual for a transformation of the person's life, he tells you, this is the son of God. For you to be transformed. He told the blind man, you remember, that was healed? Would you believe in the Son of God? He says, where is he? He's the one that you're saying. You were blind, now you see him. And he's the one that's talking to you. And the man worshipped. But most of the time, he refers to himself, Son of man, Son of man. He's saying, I'm a man. But after his baptism... And after he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, he was driven of the Holy Spirit into the, he, into the wilderness to prevail with God. And then after he prevailed with God, he had to deal with man, the flesh. Satan appeared. See? Satan appeared after 40 days, right? He had prevailed with God. Now he has to prevail with man. Fleshly things. And the enemy came and said, bow down. But he went through that easy. You know the story? It is written, it is written, because he had already prevailed with God. This was piece of cake. It is written, it's written, it's written, and he went through it. But this is what I want you to see. I just gave that part of the story so you know where I'm going. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, it says, Then... After all of that, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. From the wilderness. After he's been through, prevailed with God, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And see, and he taught them, in their synagogues being glorified by all see he's glorified by all once you prevail with God the glory is coming after that the power will be there and the glory will be there they go together you have to prevail you have to press in we have to to seek God with all everything that we have. Spend time. When things are not working well, the Bible didn't say when 
where, uh, if they fast in those days, right? It says when you fast. When you fast. When you pray. Because you are supposed to pray. You are supposed to fast. Not if, but when. And if you are not fasting, and that's never hit the man, I need to fast. You need to check what's been going on. And the things you've been taught. You need to fast. You need to pray. Why? Because we need to prevail with God. Jesus showed us the example. If he had to do it, the Son of God, who are we? We have to do it. We have to fast. Things are difficult, you are praying and praying and praying. Maybe add some fasting. Yes, because there are certain things that will not go unless by you won't prevail with God except you add some fasting. I don't know why God put it that way, but that's what the word says. Simple. And to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't have to understand it. I just have to do what he said. I don't understand what God gets from me fasting. I don't understand it. But Jesus did it and I will follow his example. And the disciples did it. Paul did it. He, they pressed on. When they were pressed, they pressed in return. You push them, they push right back. Fasting and praying. This is not a game. If you call it a game, this is a true life game. A game of life. And we have to really prevail with God. The disciples did that. You know the story. After Jesus ascended, they were together. I don't, have you, when you read in Acts chapter 1, were you told these guys were eating? Did you read there that they were eating something? When they all, the disciples, 120 of them, waited for 10 days after Jesus left for the day of Pentecost? We're not told that they were eating. They were all in one accord just praying. I believe they were fasting. Then the power came. And then the glory came. And things changed. These were guys that were hiding. Remember? They were so scared they were hiding from the authorities. But on that day when the glory came from heaven, forget hiding. They were out. And they were showing the people and pointing their, their fingers into their face. You know, you did this. And we had no fear. We have to seek God and press on. In Acts chapter 4, you remember they threatened them and said, you know, you must not speak in this name. And they went back to their company. And the Bible said, they all in one accord, they prayed. And they quoted scriptures back to God, pleading their case, making their case, strong case before God. Look at what they said. The scripture said this. And look at what they are doing to us now. And they said, now we want you to release boldness into us. So we can preach the uh, gospel with boldness. And we want some signs also. We want some power. We want them to see. And the Bible said that the place was shaking. Where they were, Acts chapter 4, as they prayed. The Holy Ghost was so excited, he shook the building. 
Some of us will say, boy, there's earthquake in church. We got to go now. <laughs> but the place was shaking. And after their place was shaking, the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they came out with power. And the Bible tells us in, in Acts chapter 5 that great signs and wonders were done by the hands of the, the apostles. And he said, no one there had joined themselves to, to these disciples, the apostles. And said, and they were glorified by all. Everyone was speaking kindly, saying, look. Shadow, healing. They pressed on. These guys had their mind focused on one thing in life. To please the master. Peter lived for nothing else but this one time. He left working. Remember? We don't all have to do that because your work is ministry to the Lord. But he was single-minded, focused. You don't touch this one thing. He lived for his master. And if anything came against it, they pressed right back. When they told them you couldn't preach, they went right back. Pressed on. We must press. From the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is pressing in. If you don't press in, you will be crushed because others want to go. They will step over you and go on. We have to press in. We must earnestly seek God. Bible tells us, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1 2 who oh, everyone who thirst come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat yes come buy wine and milk without money and without price why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy Listen carefully to me, God said, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. The good thing, they stand here, how do you buy something without money? If you're buying, you're giving something away, right? And when he's telling you to come to buy without money... What God is saying, the commodity that you are about to receive and the exchange has nothing to do with physical money. But you still have to buy. You still have to do something. See? Otherwise, why use the word buy? Right? You still have to give something. So come to the water and drink. Buy milk. So we really need to press on. Delight yourself in abundance. There are many Christians, they don't, they don't care. Just, this is okay. God just bless me and my family and we're okay. It's me, my family and I. That's it. We need to step beyond that and look beyond that for the kingdom of God. We must press. Psalm 63. Just think about David. Think about his heart. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. 
not late. Early, I can't sleep. I need that time. I'm going to get up real early. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. And my flesh, my flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Look at what he said, Father. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see what? To see your glory. To see your power and your glory. You have to thirst. I want to see that power. I want to see the glory. It's so important. Nothing else means anything in life. The money doesn't matter. That will come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added. God will add them to you. No doubt about it. Focus on the kingdom first. Promote the kingdom of God. Let that be primary in your mind. Whatever you're doing, whether you're buying a house, you're buying a business, you're building a business, whatever you're doing, it's the kingdom. You're doing it because of the kingdom. Let that be. Not because of men, what people will say about you. The kingdom is primary. And when you don't feel his presence, you feel like you're thirsty, then you cry out, my soul longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land. Where there is no water. He says, I've looked for you. I've been searching for you. In the sanctuary. What I want to see is your power and your glory. People come to church expecting nothing. They have no thirst. Christianity has become something that is routine in their life. It's something that we do. They are not looking for His power. They are not looking for His glory. They just come to church. I think I'm, say, I'm speaking to the wrong people today. <laughs> if you're here on Wednesday, I should be preaching on this on Sunday morning, you know. <laughs> but they, don't, they have no hunger. They have no hunger for their God. The television program is more important. I saw a girl, you know, she was running, she left a prayer meeting to, to watch, uh, 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 I was new to the U.S. then. And she, she left prayer meeting and she was going back to catch on, on the, the, the uh, whatever show called Dallas. And she said, I'm going to watch Dallas. I said, watch Dallas? That's in Texas. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I didn't know what it was. I said, I can't believe you can do this. You left prayer meeting to go and watch stuff on television. You're you're nuts or something. Let's go back up. We're going back up. Whether you like it or not, you're going back up. This is not right. But that's what people do. No longer. By the way, that lady is no longer alive. It's true. I'm much older than she, she was. She's not here anymore. We have to search for Him. Everything. Not hold Him back. You made mistakes, that's okay. 
the Bible says, putting the things that are behind, behind you, press, press. From the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God, the word is being preached, and everyone is pressing in. When you hear the word, what God is doing tonight is calling you, pressing, pressing, pressing. There is something He wants you to have. There is an anointing that He wants you to have in your life. There is something that He wants you to accomplish. That's why you're here tonight. You're not here by accident. He knew from the foundations of the world you'll be sitting right here today and hearing this word. But what did you do with it? Amen. My soul thirsts for thee. Isaiah 44 verse 3. God says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. You only get water poured on you if you are thirsty. No water is going to be poured on your life until you have the thirst. And floods on the dry ground. That's your dry ground. If you are thirsty. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. I love this. This is a driving thing for me. For my children. And the children of the Ark Fellowship. Yes. I, have, I carry them in my mind. They are not perfect. We are not either. But I am I'm believing God for their future. I read scriptures like this and I feel great. Because if I'm thirsty after God and I'm pursuing after God, it will not only affect my life, it will also affect my children and their children after them. My spirit is said, I will pour on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. I'm doing something and God is blessing the offspring. That's, that's an amazing God. God is a good God. God is a great God. What you do matters. Your heart's desire for God has consequences in the future. Even after you're gone. Why relax? Why not seek Him? Because after you're gone, your influence is still here. Through your kids as God is using them. To touch the world. These are the things that should move us. For I will pour water on Him who is thirsty. Not the one who is not thirsty. Again, I repeat that scripture. Blessed are they that thirst and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We must prevail with God unto glory. I read scriptures real quick. You remember the scripture, uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. On that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. As the scripture I said, out of his belly will flow rivers. Rivers. You drink and then out of you, rivers of living water. That's what Jesus said. Isaiah 41, 17 and 18. The poor and needy seek water. But there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. When the world cannot supply, what the world cannot supply, what individuals cannot give to you, if there is a thirst in your life, and you're looking, and God, notice it says, the poor and the needy seek water. When they seek it, I, the Lord, will hear. 
They are seeking, but the Lord is hearing. I will hear them. And I, the God of Israel, Prince with God, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. But you got to thirst. Even if you feel poor and needy, he's heard you. That's what we have to do. It says the dry land springs of water. So there is no room for that uh, dryness in our lives. But we are only satisfied after we thirst. We prevail with him unto glory. I tell you what, I am not waiting for anybody. I am living my life for God. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's, it's very important to me. Heaven, number one. My God and pleasing Him, number one. Righteousness, number one for me. Pastor, that's another job. But to please the Master and have Him be pleased with me. To watch my brothers doing things for God. And I also desire that. You know, covetousness is sin before God, but when you covet what is right, spiritual things, God says, good, good, son. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Don't even stop. Let the zeal of the Lord consume you. That's what it is. Once you are consumed, you'll never burn. I want to share that. I wanted to share that with you tonight because it's important. And it's, it's really, you do yourself a lot of disservice if you don't think about fasting, son. If you don't think about spending more time praying. If you don't think about spending time studying the word. Maybe getting tips. We have no excuse in our day. There are tips. There are books. There are all kinds of things that God is giving to us in this last day. You really have no excuse to stay there. The word of God is very powerful. That word will lift you up from obscurity. And bring glory into your life. God is able to do that. If things are tough in your life tonight, they will never be from this day forth in the name of Jesus. Those things are going to be broken. If there's dryness, the dryness is gone from your life today in Jesus' name. You are prevailing with God tonight in the name of Jesus. You are strong and you are being lifted up to a higher place with God. And God is pouring His water upon your life right now in the name of Jesus. And you will feel that water come into your life. And you will be great in the land. And you will no longer be afraid of the giants because there will be no giants to be afraid of. Because the Lord Himself has slain all of the giants that has been against your life. The Lord God is with us. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? The Lord is with us. His glory is upon your life. The glory that God gave unto His Son, Jesus Christ, is resting upon your life right now, where you are seated. And there's nobody that can stop you, except yourself. God is with you. You have found favor with God, just like Mary did. You found favor with God. That's why you're sitting here tonight. Because you found favor with God. Not many are called. 
few called. Many called, few chosen. You are the chosen one that God has called. Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you. And I ordained you to be kings and priests in your home and in the world. And nothing can stop you because the Lord God of Israel is with you. He's there with you in your life. And you are prosperous. You are doing well. You may not see it right now, but it's coming upon you. And your children will do well. Your children will excel. Your children will not fail. They will be strong in the land. They will do exploit because you know God. Because you have known His name. God said, therefore, I will honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you. You see your children do well. No evil will come upon your life. Can you just stand up with me tonight and please receive from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's raise our hands up to the Lord tonight and give Him glory and thank Him for His goodness of our lives. Tell Him how good He is to you, that He's blessed you, that you know he's, you are blessed because He has spoken it. If God said you are blessed, you are blessed. Let there be light and there was light. God says you are blessed, you are blessed. Let no man speak a curse upon your life because every weapon that comes against you will not prosper and every tongue that's risen up against you in judgment has been destroyed and it will not prevail because the Lord your God is in your midst. God is with you. God is with you. Father, I give you glory tonight and I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. This, this great army that you have assembled, you put together to do the work of God here on earth. We will prevail, O oh God. We will prevail. There is no enemy that can stand in our way. We are well able to go and take the country, take the world. Thank you, Father. We give you praise right now. Your children are blessed and we thank you for it. These are kings and priests, princesses before the Lord. And their children, mighty warriors in your name. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.